0: Welcome, everybody, to the DC Tweet Team podcast. This is episode number 49. I am your host, Andy Burrows. Today, joining me, I have none other than NBC Washington's Mitchell Tischler. Mitch, how are you, sir?
1: I'm doing great, Andy. How are you?
0: I am very well, thank you. I am very well. It's, a, it's an important day around the world, but let's talk football. And let's start, Mitch, with the, uh, the trade deadline is today, my friend. Um, getting straight into it, buddy. Um, can you see there being any movement whatsoever from the Washington football team today, whether it be Ryan Anderson, uh, Kerrigan or Haskins, can you see anything happening within our organization today?
1: I think those are the three big candidates. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of talk here in Washington about those three. I just don't know about the rest of the league. Uh, Ryan Kerrigan <laughs> is your guy who has the most trade value. I just don't know that they're going to get uh, anything that's going to, that's going to make it worthwhile for the team to move on. I think he's kind of an important care, uh, figure, uh, especially on this defense, as kind of the elder statesman and the guy who can, you know, kind of show uh, Montez Sweat and Chase Young the ropes, as well as be a leader, especially along the defensive line. So for me, I, I don't think there's going to be a move today. I think it's going to be a pretty, pretty quiet uh, trade deadline for the Washington Football Team.
0: Yeah, I heard JP's interview with uh, Ron Rivera, and I got the kind of impression from Ron that. I think he wants to now, maybe he's realised he might need to play Kerrigan more. Like you say, he's going to need him. In the, you know he's, he's, he's making a run at the East. So he's made that clear. He wants us to win this division and see what we can do. Get into the hat and um, see what happens. But, you know, Chase Young's had a few injuries. We've got, like you say, Montez Sweat. I think it'll be good to keep Carrigan around. I mean, I've been critical of him the last few seasons, but this season, from what I've seen of him and the snaps he's played, I've been very, very impressed with him. And I think maybe Ryan Carrigan's seen that of him himself. So maybe he's thinking, look, I want to go and play and he, like, every single snap. I want to go and play somewhere. But I think it'll be beneficial, beneficial to keep him, wouldn't you
1: say? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, after Chase Young and Montez Sweat, which obviously are the, the two big names and the guys who are making a difference – you you got Ryan Anderson, you got James Smith Williams, you got Nate Orchard. There's not a whole lot of uh, guys you'd be excited to see on the field if there happens to be an injury, and that's part of the reason why I think Ryan is going to end up staying here in DC. The only small pushback I'll have is if if uh, Ron Rivera was trying to run up Ryan Kerrigan's trade value a little bit. You know what he would say in an interview? He'd say, man, we really got to get him on the field more. He's been so efficient. So, <laughs> yeah. there, you, got to, you know, he's playing a little bit of both sides of the ball. But I, I do believe that Ryan will stay in D.C. and and he'll be a member of this team uh, for the last nine games of the season. Yeah, it's a good
0: point, actually. I haven't thought about it like that. I mean, um, moving on to Haskins, it, it wouldn't be Washington uh, if there was no sort of quarterback talk or no quarterback debate. Do you see him going anywhere today? I mean, my point, I've been chatting to a few people the last couple of days about this. Um, I don't think he's proved enough to warrant a place anywhere. I don't think, I, I can't see where he can go. I think he he's a, I think he has the potential to be a good player. But from what we've seen, obviously 2020 has been a, a very different, difficult year for all NFL players, you know, no OTAs, a training camp, everything's been, it's all been up in the air. But I can't see him going anywhere, Mitch. What do you think?
1: I mean, ultimately, I think if the if the Washington football team gets an offer for him, they should go ahead and move him. Clearly, Ron Rivera and the staff is done with him and, and don't think that he's the quarterback of the future. Heck, he's not even the quarterback right now. So yeah. for me, if they get an offer, they should take it. Uh, I just don't know that that offer is going to materialize. A lot of times in the trade deadline, you're making deals for players that you think can help you this year. So any team that's potentially trading for for Dwayne, you know, is really trying to look at next year where they might be able to get some value out of them. And at that Mm -hmm. point, why not wait till the offseason, see where Washington picks in the draft, see where things shake out and see if maybe you can get them, you know, for a little bit cheaper. As far as Dwayne's value, you know, across the league, you can't discount the fact that he was the number 15 overall pick in the draft. And there's going to be teams that, you know, look at a former first rounder less than two years out and, you know, think that they're going to be they're going to be able to you know turn him into a good football player. He's had the probably one of the most difficult, you know, first 18 months of of any, you know, first round quarterback in the league. You know, he got drafted by a coach that didn't want him, didn't really want to coach him. Then he ended up with, you know, the replacement coach who wanted to run the ball 35 times a year, then obviously uh, 35 <laughs> times a game. Then you had this whole offseason with coronavirus and everything with no training camp, no OTAs, no mini camps. He got four games with a brand-new head coach and a brand-new offense before he got pulled. I mean, he when when he or his agent or his camp go out and try and sell themselves to another NFL team, you know, those are the things that they're going to point to. And there are certainly teams out there that are going to be looking – that are decent teams that are going to be looking for starting quarterbacks for next year. Um, and the Indianapolis Colts come to mind just – Philip Rivers can only play for so many more years, and yeah. you know, you're going to want to you're going to want to have somebody come in and be you know a little bit of a developmental guy to see if maybe you know you could steal a spot with Dwayne being there or, you know and there are other spots as well but I, I I ultimately don't think a deal gets done at the deadline here just because I, I don't know that he can help a team this season and and there's there's not a whole lot um, of extra value bringing him in you know in November as opposed to waiting till you know, January once the season's over.
0: Yeah, I mean, what do you say to the people, Mitch? I mean, I listen to you guys talk on your podcast uh, most weeks. I listen to you on a, on a, on a Sunday on NBC Washington. Um, many Washington fan podcasts always talk about it. Our team will not get much better while there's always some quarterback drama going on because it, it looks like we could have to draw for another quarterback because do you see Carl Allen being the future of this team? Probably not. Alex Smith, as good as a great story is and what a wonderful human being he is and the story is amazing. Is he the future of this team? No. So if you're not going to go to Haskins, let's, let's be honest, Ron Rivera is clearly not going to, there's going to be more quarterback drama uh, come the draft again. But like many people have, I've listened to over the last couple of days are saying that like our offensive line is suffering because, you know, we need to, if we're drafting, wherever we draft in the draft, we need a left tackle. Um, we need to improve other areas of this team. But for some reason, it's always a drama over the QB position in Washington. What's your
1: views on that, my friend? I mean, heck, everyone's right. There is always drama with the <laughs> – I mean, you can't even – you can't argue in any way, shape, or form. I mean, you can go back, you know, 20 years of, of drama and shenanigans at the quarterback position, and, you know, if they end up with the number one overall pick or or a chance to draft Trevor Lawrence, no matter what's happening, you go ahead and draft him, and, and, and you know, he's your, he's your guy. I, agree, I think man. you look at this year's NFL draft a lot like – Last year's draft, where you had Joe Burrow, who was the overwhelming number one pick, and then you had a couple of guys, you know, after him in, you know, Tua Tagovailoa and uh, and Justin Herbert, you know, guys who were also very good quarterbacks, but you weren't sure whether they were are they the number two overall pick, are they the number five overall pick, are they number ten? I think you're going to have a lot of that same situation here, where Trevor Lawrence is so obviously the number one pick, and there are going to be other good quarterbacks that go in the first round, but where they where they shake out, you know, after after number one is gonna be probably a little bit further down in the draft. I think you're you know, the the second quarterback taken might be at number, you know, five, and then the third quarterback might be at number seven or something mm-hmm. like that. If Washington rolls in with the with the number two overall pick again or something where you're not sure that, you know, that quarterback is there, I would advocate for taking a left tackle, you know. Yeah, hundred percent
0: agree with you. Hundred percent agree with you.
1: You have Penny Sewell, the, you know, the, the Oregon left tackle, who by all accounts is, you know, one of the best offensive line prospects in in, in a few years. And, you know, you can shore up, you know, the offensive line, much like they, they've done such a great job on the defensive line. Go ahead, let's make that move and start doing that on the offensive line. And you can get a, a placeholder quarterback, you know, uh, a guy like, you know, Ryan Tannehill ended up being in in uh, in Tennessee, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick was did a great job, you know, last year and this in Miami. You can you can bring in a guy who can be a you know a one year bridge until you you feel like you have a good shot at getting whoever that quarterback quote unquote quarterback of the future is. So, I, you know, there are a lot of holes on this team, and it's not going to it can be fixed with one great player, mm-hmm. but unless that player is great, you're going to have the same quarterback shenanigans. So for me. I think you build up around if you if you are not going to get Trevor Lawrence, you build up around that spot and you try and you try and have a stopgap for a year or two, and maybe you hit the lottery like like Tennessee did with Ryan Tannehill, and uh, you know and find a guy who who is a franchise quarterback who floundered elsewhere.
0: Yeah, I mean it's funny to say stopgap uh, for a couple of seasons. I've been chatting to many of fans over the last week or something that say Cam Newton, Mitch. Uh, see Ron Rivera, Cam Newton putting two and two together. What's
1: your thoughts on that, buddy? I don't see it. Uh this offseason Ron had an opportunity to bring in Cam if he, mm-hmm. if he really, you know, believed in him and obviously that would have made this quarterback situation more of a mess just having, you know, the pressure on Dwayne of having Cam there. You know, Cam signed for a million bucks up in up in New England, so it certainly wasn't a money situation. You know, no one knows Cam Newton better than Ron Rivera and I think we've seen his play in New England has been, you know, up and down, but the issues that everyone saw in Carolina the past couple of years with being able to throw the ball downfield and accuracy and, and, and uh, not turning the ball over have all reared their ugly heads up in New England. I don't know who the stopgap, quote-unquote, quarterback could be, but, you know, there are guys out, you know, uh, Marcus Can you Mariano, see
0: a situation right where they stick with Carl Allen for another season?
1: There's a chance. I mean, I think Kyle Allen's proven and granted it's only been two games. So there's there's, you know, more yeah. to be seen from him in the two games against some pretty bad football teams. So yeah. you know, take it with a grain of salt as of today, November 3rd. But I, he's a perfect backup quarterback. He's a guy that mm-hmm. you can clearly just drop in the game. He knows the offense. He's able to run it, you know, well enough. Is he a guy that you want to to trust for, you know, for a 16 game season and, and plan to be, to believe it, to be the guy. I don't know about that. To me, there's, you know, let's see how these last nine games go, but he has a proven track record of turning the ball over, uh, you know, in Carolina the past you know year and change. And, and if he's able to, to, uh, to overcome that and, and, you know, play solid football without, without, without turning it over and without making mistakes, then, maybe he is a guy that you could that you could you could roll with for for a season maybe but you you need a better quarterback you need a, you probably want a better quarterback in your mind than, than than that yeah no 100% agree with you Mitch
0: obviously we're coming out of the uh, the bye week now Mitch um how do you feel that the team have performed so far this season are they kind of where you thought they would be are we a little bit worse off what do you think now coming out of the bye week and making, uh, like Ron Rivera said, we're going to make a run for the East. How do you think the team is shaping up?
1: They're certainly in a worse place than I thought they would be before the season. And a lot of that comes from the, from the quarterback situation. You know, I was bought in that Dwayne was going to, you know, was going to be, I didn't know that he was, I didn't know if he was going to be a quarterback of the future or a superstar, but I certainly thought that he was going to prove himself this year and, and, give the coaching staff and the fan base something to think about going forward. Um, so certainly, you know, if you just want to go flat out on the record two and five, I, I thought they'd be three and four. So, you know, they're, mm-hmm. they're pretty close to where, where I thought they would be, but the controversy and the, and the the, 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 you know, the back and forth, all that stuff that, that seems to happen every year in Washington, I didn't think was going to happen yet or, or this year. So, <laughs> But it I mean, as far Ron talking about the division, you can't you can't discount it. You know, the mm. if Washington I, I saw a stat on TV the other day that if if every team in the NFC East goes three and three and lose the rest of their out of out of conference games, that the Eagles would win the division at four ten and uh, four eleven and one. Oh Jesus. So you're you're a win or two away. You know, if you get to five wins, you're you're firmly in the middle of the of the pack. If you get to six wins, you're probably winning the division. And discount that all you want, but all you want is a shot in the playoffs. You know, you saw what Seattle did a few years ago at seven, eight, and one when Marshawn Lynch, you know, broke off a, yeah the, the Beast Quake run and they made a little run in the playoffs. You know, all you want to do is get in the playoffs and get a little experience and and Granted, in that situation, you're not going to get Trevor Lawrence, and you're not going to get, you know, probably the the number one, you know, the, your number one quarterback. But there are a lot of young guys on this team, and getting that experience and that winning feel, and you know, and 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 having some 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 good football played in Washington D.C. is something we haven't seen in a while. And, and I think that you can you can get excited, and you can you can build off that in different ways other than just you know, picking a great football
0: player. Yeah, I personally, I think we'll win enough games that it will go down to the Eagles game, last game of the season. Um, I've heard many people say about it. I think that game is going to be crucial. I think we can definitely beat like the Bengals. I think we can beat them. The Lions will be, that'll be quite a tough game. But then you look, Cowboys away Thanksgiving, uh, like the Eagles on the road on the last game of the season. I generally think, uh, come the second week of January, like I think we could still be playing football. And like you said, that'd be the first time in a very long time. And winning breeds winning for me. I mean, I've always said it. I mean, that would be progress for Ron Rivera. You like you, you said, you ha- we haven't had that winning culture in Washington for many, many years now. And for him to come in his first season with everything that's gone on in 2020 on and off the field. And for him personally, I think it would be a great achievement for the Washington organization, wouldn't you say?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, a few years ago, Kirk Cousins, you know, had a great second half, and they they got that home playoff game um, against the Packers, I believe. And yeah. you know, it, it just it to to have that the era of good feeling around here would be would be incredible. And you know, you mentioned the four games that are you know kind of obviously winnable or whatever, you know, are potentially winnable in, in the Giants, mm-hmm. the Cowboys, the the Bengals, and and the Eagles you have, you have the lions, you have a banged up 49ers team, you know, yep. probably not going to beat Seattle. I think, you know, everyone can kind of kind of agree on that, but you know, probably not beat the Steelers, but, but there are some winnable games out there. And, you know, I think it goes a long way in, in in helping the cohesiveness and, and the, uh, and the, and the attitude and, and the culture and all those things that, that Ron preaches all the time. And, and, and for me, you know, it's a crazy year with you know with everything that's going on. I think you got to jump on any opportunity you have. Um, in our interview with him yesterday, he talked about how it took him two years—the first two years he was in Carolina—to put together the roster that he wanted before you know he felt like he could win. We're here in year one, and he feels like he can win, which makes mm-hmm. me to believe that he thinks that you know this roster in year one in Washington is ahead of where his year one roster was in Carolina. And obviously we, you know, we saw him go to a Super Bowl in Carolina, you know, if he, if he feels like he can win some football games and and get that, get that culture and that that good feeling in, I'm, I'm on board. And I think that they should go for it because if they don't get the number one overall pick, then drafting between, you know, two and 15 or two and 25, you can, you can, you can find, if you trust your, your scouting department, you can find, you know, good players. Yeah, you can find some hidden
0: gems for sure. I mean, I'm behind him 100%. I mean, I've always said in Ron Rivera, we we kind of trust. And Do you think, obviously, you speak to a lot of Washington fans. You're over there in D.C. Do you think the Washington fan base are fully behind Ron Rivera now? You know, we've heard uh, we're developing the team, but now we're making a run of the East. Where do you think the fan base are with us as an organization uh, overall?
1: I think the fan base was all in on Ron for the first four months he was here in Ron Rivera, we trust and, and all that. I, I think that there's certainly some, some wavering, you know, to me and, and you know, I'm not a football coach. I'm not, you know, in the front office, by any means <laughs> uh, to me, I, I think I thought Dwayne deserved a little bit longer leash. You know, I I, I don't know everything that happened behind the scenes, but I got to imagine that there was, there's more to the story than just the play on the field in terms of, you know, benching him. But, I think he deserved, you know, it's easy for Kyle Allen to look good. He's not playing, you know, good defenses right now. He's playing the Cowboys and the Giants and he gets the yeah. Giants again. So, you know, the offense will look better just by default because they're playing, you know, worse teams. I think Dwayne deserved an opportunity to, you know, to 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 play some of these softer defenses and some of these worse teams and, you know, and and have an opportunity to and I understand that a lot of the fan base is frustrated that you know, Ron decided to pull the pull the plug so quickly. So I I, I think that – I think if he had a, a 98% approval rating, you know, heading into the season, I think he's probably maybe at about 75% now. I think there are some, some people who are frustrated with the way that he's handled things. But as with everything in the NFL and around Washington, winning cures all. You know, if they go out and, and win a couple games in a row here and, you know, make the playoffs and, and you know, the team looks, you know, competent out on the football field and, and things are are getting better, then then I think people will, will jump back on, you know, the Ron Rivera pirate ship.
0: Yeah. I mean, Mitch, looking forward to uh, this weekend's game at FedEx against the New York Giants, how key and important is it do you think that it's gonna play a part that we've got fans back in the stadium?
1: I think it'll play a part. I think it'll be I think it'll be fun. I think it'll be different. I, I don't know that it's a. it'll be a huge, you know advantage for the team by any means but i think you know the players talk about you know they make a big play and i can't tell you how weird it is being at a stadium with no fans in it you know Mm. players make a play and they jump up and they're you know waving to the crowd to pump them up or they're you know flexing or doing whatever and it's just kind of odd you know it's kind of a, a weird thing so i think it'll add a little extra juice i think you know the guys the guys will feel the you know feel the uh Feel the fans there, and and hopefully it's, you know, it makes a little bit of a difference, but 3,000 fans in a 70,000, you know, uh, seat stadium certainly isn't going to be, you know, the old RFK days where, you know, jumping up and down on the bleachers chanting, we want Dallas. Yeah.
0: Yeah. How have you, uh, Mitch, how have you, obviously you're there every game you go to, you're with the team, uh, you know, all the time. How have you found the whole COVID thing? How have you found being in empty stadiums? It must have been a, such a surreal experience
1: for you guys. It's bizarre. Uh, I mean, the first thing I, I whenever, you know, anyone asks, it's, the NFL has done, <clears throat> excuse me, the NFL has done an incredible job of getting the season to this point and the protocols and everything that they've done as, clearly work, you know, pretty well considering, you know, what, what they're dealing with being in an empty NFL stadium is, is surreal, bizarre, crazy. You know, you're, we sit, um, we, some of the folks are in the press box, some are on the main concourse, which is kind of um, above the lower level, above the 100 level, just below where the, the jumbotron is um, mm-hmm. in the end zones and you're sitting there and it's, Feels like you're watching practice, but obviously it's real games. And and the 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 best part or the coolest part is that you can hear so much of the talk on the field. And uh, you know, I, going back to week one against the Eagles, the Eagles' D line was just chirping, uh, <laughs> was just chirping the Washington offensive line and maybe the entire Washington offense all game. And uh, midway through the the third quarter. Uh, One of the Eagles players, you know, got up after a pile and and was was talking some 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 trash, and uh, and Morgan Moses just (laughs) stood up to him and like, you know, I can't repeat what he said, (laughs) but like just kind of stood up to him and like went face to face, (laughs) and it was just like, you know, it was cool here, like it was just a it was kind of a cool fun moment, like seeing you know seeing all that. So it's uh, it's been interesting, man. It's it's been interesting. Yeah, Morgan Moses stands up in front
0: of you. I gonna, like I said, it must be like having the incredible Hulk leading over here. You. you you kind of shut up then. Um, But uh, Mitch, leading into this weekend's game, what do we need to do to beat the New York Giants? What players are you looking forward to seeing? Um, who do you think needs to stand out for us? Because this is such a winnable game and momentum-wise, if we can win this game, like you're saying, yep. Yeah, We're not playing the best team in the world. They played okay last night. The Giants from the bits that I saw, obviously it was like three, four in the morning for me. So I was kind of dozing in and out of consciousness. But um, from what I saw, they looked a little bit better. I mean, we can't take this as a given W this coming Sunday. What do you think we need to do to win this game?
1: There hasn't been a given W in Washington in years. So (laughs) I I don't know that we could ever say that really. (laughs) (laughs) Very true. To me, the, the, the one thing that you got to look at is, is Daniel Jones. You know, he's a good player. He's going to make mistakes. And so for me, it's this game, you know, as much as any is on the defense, you know, limiting big plays. It's the biggest thing that they've had to do. You can't give up the 40 yard run like they did, you know, in New York, uh, Mm -hmm. to Daniel Jones, you know, keep everything in front of you. You know, that eventually he's going to, He's going to fumble. He's going to throw an interception. He's going to turn the ball over. And it's going to be about taking advantage of that. You know, you can't, you can't let the Giants go out and start playing with a lead because that's when they can, that's when they can start, you know, chopping some wood against you. So it, it's early on. The, the, the Giants tackle situation is uh, not good, to say the least. Um, you know, we, I said it a couple weeks ago before they went to New York. Chase Young and Montez Sweat have to eat on the edge. They have to be able to get to get to, get to to Danny Dimes. But the biggest thing is they got to get to him con- in a controlled way. They can't let him break the pocket. They can't let him get outside of him and, and make plays outside the pocket. So, you know, you really got to do a great job, um, almost like Montez Sweat did on the uh, – I mean, I'm sorry, Chase Young did on the Kendall Fuller interception um, up in yeah. New York. You know, he, he beat the – it was a tight end that was trying to block him. He beat the tight end pretty soundly. He kept – you know, he, he kept his outside control. He put some pressure on on Daniel Jones. Obviously, he didn't get a sack. He didn't really get any "quote unquote" stat for it, but he forced Daniel Jones to try and throw the ball out the back of the end zone, which obviously uh, uh, Kendall Fuller got the got the pick on. So, I, I think that's that's going to be the biggest thing: is just limiting the big plays and and taking advantage of those turnovers that you know are coming, and you just gotta you just gotta wait and be patient and not get. Not get too too far out over your skis trying to make big plays.
0: Yeah, I've definitely, I hundred percent agree with you there, Mitch. I mean, how how big a loss do you think Landon Collins is going to be? Obviously, we've got Jeremy Reeves come back. He played nine games last season. How big a loss do you think Landon's going to be for the remaining games of the season and coming into this Sunday?
1: It's it's hard for me to say. I, I think you're gonna you're gonna miss some of Landon Collins' leadership at minimum. Mm-hmm. Which goes back to, you know, certainly the Ryan Kerrigan uh, discussion in terms of, you know, locker room guys and whatnot. His play on the field has been super average, I would yeah, say. Yeah, he's split you the know. fan
0: base, hasn't he? He's definitely split the fan base. You hear oh. comments. You know, when he went down injured, a lot of people are like, oh, finally. I'm like, well, you can't wish injury on any man, but he has 100% split the fan base, I'd say.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's tough because you can't have your your highest paid player on defense be just okay you know obviously he made a huge play against the cowboys and you know in in my head i was almost like oh man this is going to be the turning point for him this is where you know he's going to turn into the landon collins that we you know we we've known and obviously that injury is is super tough we i've we um, on our podcast and and i've always been kind of a fan of shazer everett i like the way he plays the game with with reckless abandon he just kind of flies around and, and sticks his helmet in, in there and, and makes plays, and and I kind of I kind of like that out of him. So, I, how big of a loss? I, it's hard to say just because he Landon wasn't playing that well. Mm-hmm. Certainly, it's a loss, but I don't know that it's a I don't know that it's a big loss. It'll be interesting to see you know what Jeremy Reeves has. Round Rivera was super complimentary of him uh, the other day when we were talking to him, and and I thought the Shazer played played well considering. Uh, you know, the situation that he, that he was put into. So I, I, I think it's a loss, but I, I also think that it's not something that this defense can't overcome.
0: Yeah, most definitely. I mean, obviously I wish him a speedy recovery, but yeah, he, he does spit the fan base, but I think we can make, I, I'm, well, I'm kind of with Ron Rivera you know, winning breeds, winning, winning, and uh, let's make a run at the East. You know, it's, it's not a very good division. I, um, let's make a run of it. Let's go and play some competitive football halfway through January. Why not? And, you know, that'll breed confidence going into, into next season, in my opinion, and winning breeds, uh, breeds winning mitch but mitch thank you so much for jumping on the uh dc tweet team podcast my friend i really appreciate it um i love listening to you like i know many uk fans are going to be listening to this podcast like many americans as well but we all love listening to um, your podcast over here in the uk Unfortunately enough i get to watch you guys on nbc washington um, i really enjoy the work you do my friend so thank you so so much for taking the time to come on the show today
1: i appreciate that and and I love all of the fans of the Washington football team, but I love our UK fans. It was, you know, basically four years ago this week this that we weekend, were. Weekend, Mitch. Yep. Yeah. That we were in London and we had a, a heck of a time there. And uh, if if the Washington if the Washington football team can ever get a game back over there again, and we can go back to our normal lives, and we can get a uh, a podcast party together uh, over there, it's gonna be it's gonna be a party the likes of which London may have never seen. Uh, Mitch, I think I've just about got over
0: from my hangover from the last time we were here. I was in, I don't know if you guys made it to the Barrow Boy and Banker. It was the Washington football team's base. I was there with Cooley and Doc. And it, oh, we were there. Yeah, it was one of the greatest nights of my life. I, I can't remember too much after about midnight. Um, it, was, but it, it just proved how big the fan base is over here in the UK. And um, I hope you guys enjoyed your time over here.
1: Oh, we had a great time. We had a really great time. Uh, I love it over there. I, I, I hope we can get, get over there again soon.
0: Yeah, Mitch, I'm going to be over, hopefully, stateside next year. I, I've seen the golf videos. I've spoke to Pete many times. I said we may have to get a golf game uh, arranged. Uh, myself and Carl from the Burgundy Zone are really keen, good golfers. I'm hopefully getting one more game in tomorrow before the lockdown. Uh, just try, Does Pete Haley ever spend any time in the fairway?
1: You know, Pete's game is either really, really good <laughs> and he'll shoot in the, you know, Low 80s, or he's really bad and he'll shoot in the 110s. It's uh, uh, there's not a whole lot in between. He's he's your typical uh, you know millennial you know young kid. He, he he he's very in his own head. So he he he's a very cerebral golfer. If Things go bad, he's going south. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm only I'm only messing around. I know
0: uh, I'm, I'm like that. I'll probably, I haven't played for over a month because we've had all these lockdown restrictions and they're closing the courses this Thursday, uh, Mitch. So I'm hoping to get out for one more game tomorrow. But it'd be great to, yeah, like you say, if the Washington team are back over here or we're over there. It'd be great to, to meet up with you guys and to see you in person, buy you a beer and shoot the breeze about the Washington football team. But thanks so much, Mitch. And I'll talk to you soon, buddy.
1: All right. Thank you.
0: Thank you, pal. Bye bye.